Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. What's good, y'all? Coach V here, and I got your 2023 2A end of the year awards here from the Playmakers Corner podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and break down how these are going to work. So we have multiple different award categories here, and each of us here on the podcast have a single vote. So I have a vote. Cody has a vote. Gino and Gideon, they both have a vote. So that's four different people. And then on top of that, our friend Anthony Garcia from Mile High Prep Report, he has a vote for every single award category as well. So that makes it five. And then lastly, you, the people who voted on Twitter slash X, uh, got to have a vote as well. And so the majority, the whoever won the majority of that vote will get the fan vote. And so that'll be our sixth vote here on these awards here. Now, I will say this in the case of any ties, the player with or I guess the candidate with the most fan votes will be getting that tiebreaker and will be our award winner for this year so just wanted to go ahead and make sure that we get that all figured out squared away there so that there is no confusion but that's basically how our votes will go here and obviously whoever gets the majority of the votes or that fan vote will be our award winner for this 2023 Colorado high school football season. So there you go there. Without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into it. All right, so let's go ahead and start with 2A Newcomer of the Year. This award goes to the best freshman who started on varsity and played at least seven or eight games. That is our game minimum for these awards, by the way, seven or eight. So there you go there. I believe it's actually seven. So boom, there you go. And yeah, so these go to all freshmen. Now, before we hop into it, let me go ahead and talk about the honorable mentions before speaking about the finalist. To start, Jackson Craig, quarterback out of Timnath, he was in consideration. He threw for 813 passing yards, five touchdowns to seven picks in his first year starting. Nathaniel Thorne, the kicker from TCA, a school known for having great kickers. He went 37 of 39 on PATs, uh, one of three on field goal attempts, but had 504 kickoff yards and 579 punt yards on the season. Matt Kozak, uh, def- or sorry, Max Kozak, defensive end from Timnith. He was another guy we considered. He had 59 tackles, a tackle for loss, fumble recovery, a pass deflection. And then finally, Ethan Toombs, the lineman from Wellington. He had 47 tackles, two tackles for loss, four sacks, and six hurries. So there you go there. Those are the guys that finished just outside, but were definitely in consideration here. Now, let's go ahead and get to the finalists to start out. Let's go with Ivan Hawkalter, the linebacker out of Timnath on the season he had 86 tackles four tackles for loss a hurry four forced fumbles four fumble recoveries four pass deflections four interceptions and one of those was a pick six 
just to talk about some of his signature games against university he had a great game 20 tackles 10 solo 10 assists and a tackle for loss in that matchup also had a pass deflection there as well he also got interceptions against prospect ridge academy sterling and weld central uh weld central he also had 12 tackles in that one so very productive linebacker somebody who's gonna stick for the rest of his career hopefully at timnith and help them continue to get better day by day week by week so there you go that is ivan hawkalter from timnith moving on let's go ahead and talk about case and pride more a let's just say linebacker from salada he's listed at a couple different positions here but linebacker is definitely where he made his push here and his case for newcomer of the year but on the year he had 112 tackles five tackles for loss a sack a force fumble along with 10 rushing yards and 209 punt yards talking about some of his signature games so far this season or well i should say last season uh, in the regular season, that is, against Bayfield, he had 16 tackles, 11 of those were solo. Against Cole Ridge, he had 10 solo tackles, 16 total. Against Rye, which was a big-time win for them, he had 12 total tackles, uh, sorry, 17 total tackles and 12 of those solo. I mean, he has been very productive from his linebacker spot and should be a good piece for Salida moving forward. So there you go, another freshman linebacker in the mix. Moving on here, up north, back up north, that is, we have Hunter Hirschfeld from Sterling. He plays multiple positions, running back and linebacker, uh, just like these guys. And here are his stats from the season. He had 239 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and 12 receiving yards on offense. On defense, added on 68 tackles, a fumble recovery, and 82 kick return yards in the regular season. These are all regular season stats, by the way, in case you didn't know. Now, talking about some of the games where he had some pretty signature performances against Kent Denver and Weld Central, he had 10 total tackles each, six of those solo. Uh, those were his career highs. Against University, he had six solo tackles and uh, seven total tackles. So there you go there. Uh, talking about rushing stats here against Weld Central, he had 64 yards and a touchdown. Wellington on only five carries at 54 yards against Yuma on only seven carries at 52 yards. So definitely somebody for Sterling to use and work with moving forward and should be a good piece of that offense and defense here in the future. And then last but not least, our last finalist here is tight end slash wide receiver Jackson Barker out of Timnith as well. Timnith cranking out some great players here. Um, a lot of his impact was felt on offense where he had 374 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns along with four tackles on defense. Talking about some of his key games against the Academy, he had five receptions, 113 receiving yards and a touchdown against Prospect Ridge Academy on four receptions. Had 150 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns as he turned up and did his thing there. He also had 23 receptions on the year, so definitely getting a lot of usage from that Timnith offense. All right, now let's go ahead and get into the votes. Let me start with the Twitter vote here. Hunter Hirschfeld from Sterling won 49% of that Twitter vote, which is a lot. Winning that one by a pretty good margin there. So there you go. That's one vote. Uh, the fan vote for Sterling's Hunter Hirschfeld. Let's go to Cody and talk about his vote. But he is going with Kaysen Pridemore from Salida. He said 
about Kaysen here. Kaysen not only paced the Spartans in tackles at 124, but was top 10 in the state and 243rd in the country on legitimate tackling. I think he means solo tackling. From his film, he already has great instincts and flows well sideline to sideline, which makes his stats legitimate. He gives Salida a leader to build around defensively for the next four years, which is important to me when looking at newcomer of the year. So there you go there. That is one vote for Case and Pride more tied here at one and one. The other one, obviously, for Hunter Hirschfeld. Moving on, let's go ahead and talk about Anthony Garcia and his vote. He is going with Ivan Hawkalter from Timnith. He said this Timnith team is starting to come together, and with playmakers like Hawkalter, they will get into the playoffs soon. So there you go there. Split three ways between Case and Pridemore, Ivan Hawkalter, and Hunter Hirschfeld. Let's go ahead and see what Gino has to say. He will be voting for Ivan Hawkalter. Uh, he says this is an absolute no-brainer for me. Hawk Halter has four interceptions to go with four forced fumbles and four fumble recoveries, along with 87 tackles and four tackles for loss. I can't even imagine the type of numbers he's going to be putting up his senior year. Being because, sorry, because eight forced turnovers as a freshman is incredible. He had a 20 tackle game against University. And then he also said two forced fumbles against Brush and forced fumbles against Burton and Arvada as well. He simply seems to dominate no matter who he has in front of him. So there you go there. That is two votes for Ivan Hawkalter and one vote each for Case and Pride Moore and Hunter Hirschfeld. Now Gideon, he is going to say this. He says, this is between Casey Pridemore and Ivan Hawkalter for me. While Pridemore's regular season tackle total has a national ranking next to it, Ivan was able to force eight total turnovers for Timnith. Neither the Cubs or Spartans had the best season, but Salida blocked a few teams like Rye from making the playoffs. The thing is that Timnith is going to be deadly next year with all those pieces, and even with a stacked defense, Ivan put together an all-state caliber season. Hawk Alter has the 1% edge to me, but this is a decision I keep going back and forth on. Either way, the recipient is deserving. So there you go there. That is three votes for Ivan Hawk Alter. I will go ahead and also vote for Ivan Hawk Alter as well to make your 2023 2A newcomer of the year, Tim Litz, the very own Ivan Hawk Alter, the linebacker. Look, eight forced turnovers that speaks a lot to me plus the tackles are pretty good too not over 100 but still very good look timnith is going to be really good moving forward i think he's going to be one of those guys along with all the other young guys there that are going to contribute and make this program very good here in 2a so i gotta go with ivan hall culture from timnith obviously you want a trainer who can make you stronger and faster with the work you put in but what about a trainer who can help you rehab and recover like the pros? Look no further than Junkyard Training that not only offers specific strength and speed training, but also offers a plethora of recovery and rehab techniques like cryo, cupping, recovery boots, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594. Once again, visit junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594 and get started today. All right, thank you, Cody, for our little ad read there. Let's keep this thing going and let's talk about Defensive Playmaker of the Year. This award goes to the best defensive player here 
in 2A Colorado High School football. Before we move on here, I want to talk about the honorable mentions because there were a lot of great honorable mentions here that were just outside. Starting with Cooper Nieder, the junior corner from Eden. He had 105 tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, three interceptions, and a fumble recovery. Then there's the cornerback, Jaron Texer, a senior from TCA. He played cornerback who had four interceptions, eight pass deflections, one forced fumble, and 31 tackles. Then we have Ian Champ Hafey, the senior defensive end, I want to say, from Moffitt County. Uh, balling out for them still right now here in the playoffs, but he had 43 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, 3 forced fumbles, a field goal block, and a safety here in the regular season. And then last but not least, we have a familiar name here, Kafui Fiadanu, the junior linebacker from Devlin. He had 109 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, 3 forced fumbles, 2 fumble recoveries, and a pass deflection. I say familiar because he was actually our newcomer of the year winner a couple years ago. So there you go there, but he's balling out for Devlin right now. Now all these guys were just outside because we have a great list of players here and finalists who were really deserving and did their thing this season. Let's go ahead and talk about one of those players. Uh, that is Trip Skews, the sophomore defensive lineman from Kent Denver in the regular season. Had 117 tackles, 32 tackles for loss, a state high 22 sacks yes you heard that right 22 sacks that is the most sacks since marcus howard from aurora central from two years ago i want to say so there you go there and then he also has 13 hurries a forced fumble and five blocked punts to go along with that talking about some key games here against highland he had uh the second most tackles here he had 18 but 10 solo tackles in that one also had two sacks there Against Elizabeth, he had 15 total tackles, 10 tackles, uh, solo tackles. He also added on three sacks and five hurries there. Against TCA, that was a game Cody and I went to for league. He had 11 total tackles, seven tackles, solo. He also had two sacks in that one. In fact, he has had a sack in all nine games that he played so far this season, and he's only a sophomore. A big part of that Kent Denver team and why they were able to make it to the playoffs uh, in the first place, back to the playoffs in a dominant form. So there you go there. That is Trip Skews from Kent Denver. Moving on here, we have another familiar face. We have Vince Hawkalter from Timnith. I believe he was in our newcomer of the year running last year. Uh, but on defense, he balled out at linebacker. He had 129 total tackles on the season. Five tackles for loss, a hurry, two forced fumbles, and a pass deflections. That also includes 72 solo tackles. Now, talking about key games against University, he had 16 solo tackles and 25 total tackles. Just the week before against Wellington, he had nine solo tackles and 18 total tackles. I mean, he's killed it for this Timnith squad who continues to develop and get better. He is a tackle machine for them out there in Timnith. Moving on, we have another defensive lineman, this time a senior from Rifle. That is Troy Mattia here on the regular season uh, because they are still going here during the uh, playoffs at this moment when I'm recording this. 
but he had eight sacks, three hurries, 43 total tackles, nine tackles for loss, two fumble recoveries, and a safety during the regular season. Now, to talk about some key games here uh, that he had here against Glenwood Springs, that was a big one that Cody went to where they won 22 to 20. He had six solo tackles, seven total, along with seven, or sorry, not seven, two sacks in that game. Um, I believe he had three tackles for loss as well. Against uh, Montezuma Cortez, he had three sacks against them too. And then against Brush, uh, which I guess that's a playoff game. I'm just going to mention it real quick. He had 12 total tackles and seven solo, three tackles for loss. So there you go. That's Troy Mattia, a big part of that rifle team and a big reason why they are contenders so far this season. All right, and then our last finalist, last but definitely not least, it is the defensive end from Delta Senior Tucker Johnson on the regular season. Had 76 total tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 5 sacks, 13 hurries, 2 forced fumbles, and 3 fumble recoveries. Let's go ahead and talk about some key games here against Rifle, a dominant 28-7 win. He had 10 total tackles, 4 solo, 3 tackles for loss, also had 2 sacks in that game against 3A Palisade he had a sack and 11 total tackles for solo in that one and then I want to say this is Pagosa Springs yes Pagosa Springs who's a very good team he had 10 total tackles only two solo but still turned up against them so there you go that is Tucker Johnson also by the way this last weekend I mean doesn't count because this is a regular season award but just worth mentioning this last weekend in the playoffs he had the game-winning safety to go ahead and send Delta into the next round. So there you go there. Those are all of your finalists. Okay, now let's go ahead and get to the votes here. I'm going to start off with my vote. And I'm going to cast my vote for Trip Skews out of Kent Denver. Look, 22 sacks is insane. It's been a really long time since another player has hit 20 sacks. Well, a couple years at least. And all of Colorado, not just 2A, but all of Colorado. And so I got to give him a lot of credit. This is a kid who really impressed me live. He is a force to be reckoned with. And I love his game. I think he's someone who's going to be here in the coming years. But I feel like this regular season, he really dominated. And so I have to vote for Trip here. Now, let's go ahead and go to Anthony Garcia and see who he's going to vote for. He is going to vote for Tucker Johnson out of Delta. He says, I know this is a regular season award and it showed with his tackles for loss and tackles as an interior defensive lineman. Also, he's playing the quarterfinals for a safety. Um, he's talking about that one that I just mentioned here. That was obviously huge for him. So he's going with Tucker Johnson. So there you go. It's one vote for Trip Skews and one vote for Tucker Johnson. Let's go to Gino's vote. He will be voting for Kent Denver's sophomore defensive lineman, Trip Skews. He said, very, very tough choice between Trip Skews and Tucker Johnson. I like Johnson's film quite a bit more, but Skews' film is nothing to slouch at either. You then combine with the fact that Skews put up 22 sacks, 32 tackles for loss, and over 100 tackles on the number one defense in the state. And yeah, I gotta give it to Skews. His pure size and strength is very impressive, and he is definitely going to continue to dominate and refine his technique over this offseason and into the next season. So there you go there. He's going with Trip Skews as well. 
Now, let's go to Gideon here. He says this, Trip Skews had 22 sacks in the regular season with 32 tackles for loss. I know that he is in the top 10 nationally. However, I'm going to make a controversial decision. I'm going to pick Tucker Johnson. Johnson is someone who cannot be denied, and the role he plays in this defense is immense. Not that Skews is, doesn't have a large impact, but the defense leadership that Johnson provides for the Delta team, the steadfast hand that guides, and the experience that provides a bar to meet, that is not something that Skews has yet, in all caps. Johnson knows what it takes to get to the top of the mountain, and he captained the second-best defense in two-way. Next year or the year after, Skews will have that experience, but this year, Johnson is one of the top in the state for me. So there you go there. Tied at 2-2. Two and two. two for Trip Skews, two for Tucker Johnson. I'm going to go ahead and read off Cody's vote here. He is going with Tucker Johnson. He says this, one of the awesome big guys up front for this race. No one plays sideline to sideline quite like Tucker Johnson. And I don't know if someone provides more opportunities for this team, for his teammates to make plays either. With the ability to routinely beat double teams, scrape across blocking schemes, put linemen in the QB slash running back slap, and spearhead this deadly Delta defense, Gotta go with TJ here. So there you go there. That's three votes for Tucker Johnson. Two for Trip Skews. Remember, the last vote here, if it comes down to a tie, will go to the player with the most fan votes here from Twitter slash X. And so here we go. Your 2023 2A Defensive Playmaker of the Year is senior defensive end Tucker Johnson from Delta as he won with 45% of the vote. A pretty good chunk there. So there you go there. That is your defensive playmaker of the year, Tucker Johnson, the senior out of Delta. So do you want to know what the best kept secret in running back training is? It's Mad Skills RB1 training. Coach Vaz is flipping the script and leveling up running back training in Colorado by implementing his proven nationally recognized system of training. Don't be fooled by the name. Quarterbacks and receivers become fundamentally sound juke artists as well with his training. It's evident the athletes he trains love him. Each progressive training session arms the athlete with a new skill set that prepares them to be shifty, powerful, and elusive. Parents love Coach Vaz because with his training, they receive free college recruiting tips, no contracts, and no drama. Message him on Instagram at madskills underscore RB1 training or at Coach Cut Creator on Twitter X for more information. Offseason runs from January through July, so get in the cut and get some mad skills this offseason. Thank you, Cody. And speaking of mad skills, these 2023 Offensive Playmaker of the Year finalists and honorable mentions definitely have them here in 2A as they lit it up on offense. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the guys who are just outside the honorable mentions, starting with wide receiver, sophomore wide receiver from Arvada, Jariah Ariano. This season, he followed up an incredible freshman year and had a great sophomore year where he had 828 receiving yards, 14 receiving touchdowns, also two, two kick return uh, touchdowns as well. Speaking of sophomores, we also have another one in quarterback, Gianni Balafis from Kent, Denver. He had 1,704 passing yards, 19 touchdowns to four interceptions. Also added on 163 rushing yards to two rushing touchdowns uh, there. He has been big time for Kent, Denver, and will continue to develop moving forward. 
And then last but not least, we have junior quarterback from Englewood, Carson Campbell, who had 1,709 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 8 picks, uh, and a pretty solid 114.3 QBR rating. All right, now with that being said, let's get to the finalists here, starting with senior running back Gavin Lindahl from Pagosa Springs, who had 1,214 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. Let's talk about some of his big games here. Against Florence, even though it was a loss, a 35-32 loss, he ran for 240 yards and four touchdowns, going absolutely ballistic against them. Unfortunately, it was a loss, but the following week, he would bounce back in a 21-12 win over Alamosa, where he had 184, 185 rushing yards, excuse me, and two rushing touchdowns in that one. The greatness would continue as he had a lot of 100-yard rushing games here. Um, against Delta, he had 147 rushing yards. That is not an easy team to run against as he was the engine there. Against Centauri, a good 1A team. He had 129 rushing yards and two touchdowns there. I mean, the only games where he didn't go for over 100 was uh, where he went for 92 and a touchdown against La Hunta. Um, I think this is... Kirtland Central here. They're like a New Mexico team. Uh, he didn't have to do much there. He only had six carries for 83 yards. And then against Bayfield, that was another blowout. He only had 42 yards in that one. But other than that, has been over 100 yards and has scored multiple touchdowns so far this season. And was a big part of why Pagosa Springs was able to make the run that they did. So there you go there. Speaking of running backs and senior ones at that, let's go ahead and talk about Berthet's Alex Larson on the regular season had 1,267 rushing yards and 17 rushing touchdowns. Some of his key games came against, I want to say this is Forge Christian. Yep, Forge Christian. We had 172 yards and a touchdown against Eden, which, by the way, is in the semis right now. He had 240 rushing yards and three touchdowns against them. Um, he had another three-touchdown performance. I believe this is against Steamboat Springs here. Yep, that is them. And, I mean, he's just been killing it all season long as the engine for this Berthet squad. And a big reason why they were able to make a big playoff push here. So, there you go there. Moving on to a different position, and that is quarterback. We have senior quarterback Trevor Lucero from Arvada. This season, he lit it up. He had 2,313 passing yards, 22 touchdowns to 10 picks, while also adding on 543 rushing yards and 7 rushing touchdowns. Some key games against Littleton, he had 327 passing yards and 4 touchdowns. Also had 101 rushing yards and a touchdown in that one. As far as statistics go against Prospect Ridge Academy, he went 15 of 24, 340 yards and 7 touchdowns. Also had 61 rushing yards there. Uh, and has just been really productive all season long, lighting it up. And despite not getting into the playoffs, got Arvada very close to the playoffs for the first time in a really long time, I feel. So shout out Trevor Lucero, the standout quarterback from Arvada. And then last but not least, we have our last finalist here, and that is Lucas Nuss, the athlete from Florence, I should say. He had 885 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns, along with 206 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns, uh, and two kick return touchdowns, by the way, on the year in the regular season alone, as he really emerged as a big part 
of this Florence team. Uh, against Woodland Park here, he had a very key game where he went for 191 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Also had a reception for 11 yards there. And then against Forge Christian, that's another uh, team he had a big game against. He had 171 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns there. Add on three receptions for 22 yards. And so this is a guy who has been extremely productive for them, playing running back, wide receiver, doing it all. And um, there's a reason why. He's an Offensive Playmaker of the Year finalist. So there you go there. Those are all of your finalists. Let's go ahead and get to the votes here. Starting with the Twitter vote, Alex Larson has 42%, um, which is the majority there. And so he will be the fan vote Offensive Playmaker of the Year as he receives that vote there. Anthony Garcia will go ahead and go with Alex Larson as well. He says, in my opinion, this is a two-horse race between Lindahl and Larson. Both running backs played big roles in their team's success this season. Larson was being keyed by every team and still had over 1,000 rushing yards, and that's why he's getting my vote. So there you go there. That's two votes for Alex Larson. Moving on here, uh, we have Gino. And he is going to vote for Gavin Lindahl. He said another extremely tough decision here as both Lindahl and Alex Larson have been the catalyst for each of their offenses. I'm going to give this one to Gavin Lindahl though because after seeing Pagosa's offense in person, there's just no, there's just simply no way that Pagosa would have gotten a 10 seed and nearly beat Delta in week 6 without Lindahl being there at the helm. It's amazing that he put up nearly 1,500 yards in that offense with most of his yardage coming after first contact too. There is also the fact that Bertha had 5 players with at least 25 carries and at least 7 yards per carry so that tells me that they probably still would have been a playoff team without Larson. Not to take anything away from him, though. So there you go. That's one vote for Gavin Lindahl and two still for Alex Larson. Let's go to Gideon here. He says this one is either Gavin Lindahl or Alex Larson. Larson was on the better team, but I'm not sure what the Pirates... I'm not sure that the Pirates are in a playoff spot upsetting teams like Centauri without Lindahl. With Larson at the helm, Berthet has reached their highest playoff seeding since the 2007-2008 season, while Lindahl has brought Pagosa to their highest win total since 2017. This is a really tough call, but I'm going to go with Lindahl here. Berthet was already in a solid spot last year, and with Darren Davidson back on the team, their quarterback that is, they had a really good piece. I'm not fully sure that without Lindahl that Pagosa Springs is relevant. So there you go there. It is tied 2-2. Two and two. One for Gavin Lindahl, or sorry, two for Gavin Lindahl and two for Alex Larson. Cody will be voting for Gavin Lindahl. He says these Pagosa Pirates are one of the biggest surprises in the state, and Lindahl is one of the biggest reasons for that having an astonishing 58% usage rate on this offense and being a consistent game no matter the quality of opponent. Their ability to control the clock in their defense fresh starts with a consistent run game and with over 200 ch touches in the regular season. And the cardio slash strength to remain steady and reliable means the world. So there you go there. That is three votes for Gavin Lindahl and two for Alex Larson. Now, for me, I have the deciding one here because if I vote for Alex Larson, then obviously he has the fan vote there and Alex Larson will be the offensive playmaker of the year. If I vote for Gavin Lindahl, then obviously majority wins. Gavin Lindahl will be the playmaker of the year. Now, both of these guys, to me, I mean, it really came down to both of these guys here. Uh, they've balled out all season. They have the numbers for it. They've had their signature games. But I think I'm going to have to go with Gavin Lindahl out of Pagosa Springs. Look, I all the other guys said this already, but I am not sure how far Pagosa Springs could go without 
Gavin Lindahl. Now, obviously, Berthley wouldn't be the same powerhouse without uh, Alex Larson, but you still have your quarterback, Darren Davidson, who did win state in Wyoming. So that does go a long way. Having a guy like that, who could take a pretty good amount of the load here for Berthoud and, you know, take some of that pressure off of him. And so I have to go with Gavin Lindahl, who is really all the Spagosa Springs offense had, I feel like, at the time. And so there you go there. Your 2023 2A Offensive Playmaker of the Year is Pagosa Springs senior running back Gavin Lindahl. Allow me to introduce you to Move the Sticks Virtual Film Academy and Recruiting Services with Coach Wheat. Coach Wheat works through personable, one-on-one film sessions utilizing his experience as a high school, college, and professional football player to assess your level of play and help you develop into the next level player you are meant to be. With over 20-plus players on the next level, Coach Wheat's film sessions, college prospect assessments, recruiting consultations, and bundles will help prepare your prospect in a way that is both more personable and affordable than the competitors. Make it even more affordable using the promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. That is 15% off with promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. Visit the website or follow at MoveTheSticksVFA on Instagram or reach out to Coach Wee at 561-961-8805 today. That's 561-961-8805. All right, thank you, Cody, and all of our sponsors who have helped us out here. Just wanted to give them a quick shout-out. Before we go to our final two award categories, the one that we are going to talk about here first is Most Valuable Playmaker. Uh, We only had two honorable mentions for this one. One was senior athlete Alex Padolino from Kent Denver, who had 489 receiving yards and six receiving touchdowns. He also had 61 tackles, two tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries, along with seven interceptions. Yes, you heard that right. Seven interceptions and a pick six. He was a big part of that Kent Denver team and a big part of why they are so successful this season. And then another senior I want to talk about as an honorable mention is Noah Johnston from Basalt, who had 533 passing yards, 11 passing touchdowns to four picks, but also had 24 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, along with 58 tackles, a tackle for loss, and three fumble recoveries. All right, now let's get to the finalists here, starting with the junior quarterback from Delta, Ty Reed. On the regular season, had 1,315 passing yards, 17 passing touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, along with 307 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns as he has led Delta as the one seed, I believe, or at least one of the top seeds here in the playoffs. So there you go there. Looking at some key games here against Rifle, we played really well against them. 186 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Also had 103 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns against them as he turns up there. Uh, Against Eagle Valley, he had 138 passing yards and three touchdowns, along with a rushing touchdown to add on there. Against Bayfield, had 189 rush or sorry passing yards and three passing touchdowns, along with 29 rushing yards and a touchdown. I mean, it just goes on and on. He's been big time for this team since he's been a freshman, right? And last year, he battled injuries. This year, he bounced back. And there's a reason why they're in the semis right now. So there you go there. Uh, That's one of your MVP finalists, Ty Reed. Moving on here, we have a senior athlete running back slash linebacker from Elizabeth. That's Cooper Connolly. 
on the regular season had 861 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, and then on defense had 58 tackles, 7 tackles for loss, a sack, and a pick 6 here. I mean, all year long, he has been the engine for this team. On offense, if you need a yard, he would give you one. On defense, if you need a stop, he will give you one. That is Cooper Connolly. Uh, let's talk about some of his key games here. Against the Academy, he had 181 yards and three touchdowns on offense. On defense, he had nine tackles there. Um, against University, he was really good against as well. He had 69 total rushing yards, and then he added on another nine tackles, two solo in that one. Uh, against TCA in a big time win, he had 10 total tackles, five solo there as he has continued to be the engine for that Elizabeth team and was a big part of their success this season and in the last couple of seasons, to be frank. So there you go there. That is Cooper Connolly, the running back slash linebacker out of Elizabeth. Moving on here, we have Logan Gross, the quarterback slash safety from Rifle. On the year at quarterback, he had 1,286 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, and 6 picks, but had 863 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns on defense. Or sorry, I should mention this on offense. Or I guess this is more special teams. He had 2 kick return touchdowns, so there you go. Now on defense, he had 32 tackles, 5 pass deflections, and 5 interceptions, which is a lot uh, for Logan Gross there. So there you go there. Some key games here against Glenwood Springs. He had 283 passing yards, a touchdown, and a pick, but also added on 107 rushing yards and 2 touchdowns in a big-time game against a playoff team in 3A. Uh, talking about some defensive performances here against Brush, he had an interception. Against Delta, he had an interception in both those games. Uh, well, he had over 5 tackles, or at least 5 tackles against Brush. He had five Delta. He had six solo ones. So there you go there. Um, he's been really active on both sides of the ball. And he's a huge reason why Rifle has been so dominant this season. And is so far, or as of right now, in the semifinals this season. And then last but not least, we have our youngest most valuable playmaker, at least in this group here for 2A. That is sophomore quarterback slash defensive end Tanner Gray of Wellington on the year had 347 passing yards, six touchdowns to two picks, but had 1,060 rushing yards and 17 rushing touchdowns on defense. He had 30 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and two sacks. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some key games for him here against let's go ahead and look at his game against Timnith we had 210 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns in a big time dub there against Highland he had 159 rushing yards and two touchdowns also had 51 passing yards and two touchdowns in that one as he was the engine for this team in that game there against Devlin he had 152 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns there only through one pass which was incomplete as he has found a way to get it done on the ground also contributing on defense here uh, I mean against Devlin or sorry, I should say against Platte Valley, he had five total tackles, three solo there. Uh, when they played Estes Park in an 8-6 to six to win, he had a sack along with five tackles in that game against Platte Valley. He had a sack as well to go with another five tackles. So there you go there. That is, that is Tanner Gray, the two-way athlete who has just been killing it on both sides of the ball for Wellington and has a very bright future ahead of him. 
All right, now let's go ahead and get to the votes here, starting with the Twitter vote. Ty Reed wins this one by 43% here. So there you go, the senior quarterback from Delta getting some love and getting the fan vote for most valuable playmaker. So there you go, that's one vote for him. Anthony Garcia of Mile High Prep Report. He is going to go with Logan Gross, the senior quarterback slash athlete from Rifle. He says this, I think this is between Gross and Reed. Both teams are their main offensive weapons, but I think Gross had to carry more of the load this season. I don't think there's a wrong pick with either, but Gross is my pick for regular season success. So there you go there. Moving on here, let's go to Cody. He is going to go with Ty Reed. He said, these Panthers feel virtually unstoppable, and Reed plays like the best player in the state on the best team in the state. He's a versatile offensive weapon who can beat you in so many ways it's nauseating trying to guess how well he will do it. Once in the red zone, the Panthers are very effective, and Ty feels like everything to do with that. And he's doing all of this as a junior while looking like one of the best prospects at any positions uh, at any position, sorry, in 2A. So there you go. That's two votes for Ty Reed, one for Logan Gross. Gideon will go ahead and vote for senior quarterback Logan Gross from Rifle. He said, I love Tanner Gray for this as well, but Gross is hard to deny. He was one of the top two-way players in the state, and Rifle's offense lived and died with Gross. Gross was the leader of Rifle's secondary, and the Bears both played against and won against the better teams than Wellington. Sorry, let me say that again. And the Bears both played against and won against better teams than Wellington. This is an extremely slight win for Gross, but Gray is also a respectable choice. I will say that for Gray, they would not have won against Estes Park without him. That's for sure. And potentially not Timnith either. So, boom. That is another vote for Logan Gross. That's two for Logan Gross, two for Ty Reed. Gino will vote for Logan Gross here. He says Logan Gross was a maniac on both offense and defense this year. Over 1,200 rushing yards, over 1,400 passing yards, 33 total touchdowns, plus a ridiculous six interceptions on defense. He's also been in the Playmaker of the Week conversation every week, it seems like. So my vote is for Logan Gross here. And so that, once again, brings my vote down to the deciding one because I am also picking between Ty Reed and Logan Gross. Ty Reed is someone I actually got to watch in person against TCA in the playoff game, but if we are just going off of regular season success, I'm going to have to go with Rifle's senior quarterback, Logan Gross. I mean, look, he did it on both sides of the ball, contributing a whole ton of touchdowns there, just absolutely killing it. 20-plus touchdowns along with Five interceptions there on defense. I mean, he's a big impact on both sides of the ball here, especially on defense. And, you know, you got to respect that. I love that for Logan Gross here. And there is a reason why they're in the semis looking to potentially go to state here. So we'll have to see about that. But your 2023 2A most valuable playmaker goes to the senior athlete from Rifle, their quarterback slash safety, Logan Gross. Alright, last but not least, let's get to 2A Coach of the Year. This is actually a new award that we are implementing this year, so whoever wins it will be the first ever PMC 2A Coach of the Year. Uh, but, you know, we really want to go ahead and give a lot of credit to these coaches who have helped out these boys, dedicated a lot of time, and recognize these great guys who have helped out these programs and, you know, moved forward Colorado football. So, with that being said... Let's go ahead 
and talk about all the honorable mentions first, starting with Jason Robinson from Timnith. Uh, they went 2-7, and seven, but he got the first ones in program history, so that's obviously big. Then there's Nathan Morales from Pagosa Springs. He went 5-3. and three. Uh, Had a their first winning season since COVID, though, which was absolutely huge. And, you know, obviously got pretty far in the playoffs here, not doing too bad in the quarterfinals. Then you have Carl... Fryericks or Freericks, I want to say from Basalt. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. But Basalt, you know, this was kind of supposed to be a down season for them. Instead, they went 7-2 and two and had the number 7 offense, uh, despite graduating so many of those pieces last year on that side of the ball. So a lot of credit to him from Basalt. Then we have Drew Sisson from La Junta. They went 8-1, and one, had the number 9 offense and number 5 defense. He finished just outside consideration. And then we had Ty Leba from Rifle. First off, he's a first-year coach, which is insane. So we definitely expect for him to be on this list more uh, in the coming years. But in his first year, Rifle went 7-1. and one, Number 3 on offense, number 7 on defense. And so he is definitely a guy that just finished outside here for us. So there you go there. Those are your honorable mentions. Let's go ahead and get into the finalists here, starting with Coach Travis Peoples. From Wellington, his Wellington Eagles went 9-0 in their second season as a program, by the way. They had the number four offense on uh, in 2A and number six defense in 2A. So there you go there and also made the playoffs, I believe, which is absolutely huge for them. So you got to love that. Travis Peoples from Wellington getting some love there. And then we have Riley Newcomer, the head coach from Kent Denver. They went 9-0 this season in the regular season, that, that is, and had their best record since 2018, had the number one offense and the number one defense a year after struggling a little bit there. And so very dominant for Riley Newcomer. This is another guy that we hope to see more in these conversations here in the next couple of years as he's really done wonders for this program. Then we also have Corey Tickner, the Berthet head coach. He went 9-0. His Spartans went 9-0 and had the number two offense and number three defense in the entire state. You know, this is a team that really lived up to its potential this season. And so you got to give him a, a lot of credit there for that. And then the last but definitely not least, is Delta's head coach, Ben Johnson. You know, one year removed, right, from going to the state finals last year in the state championship this year they continue to roll as in the regular season when nine and oh this is their second straight year as a top two seed with the number five offense and the number two defense here in two-way doing their thing and currently are in the semifinals. now let's go ahead and get to the votes here starting with anthony garcia he is going to go with Ben Johnson from Delta. He said year after year he has made this Delta team competitive. I think any of the four coaches deserve it all deserve it as all had big seasons and great success. So there you go there Anthony Garcia going with Ben Johnson from Delta. Let's go ahead and get to Gideon's vote here. He is going with Travis Peoples. He said it was between Travis Peoples and Corey Tigner for me, but the difference is what they had. Tigner did have an undefeated season with a better uh, strength of schedule. However, Peoples took a second-year program to the playoffs while winning league and remaining undefeated with multiple high-impact players, not just Cash Altschwager, uh, missing large parts of the season. The Berthet slash Wellington game is going to be a lot of fun next year, and I will be there. But due to the circumstances surrounding it all, my vote is going 
to Travis Peoples. So there you go. One vote for Travis Peoples of Wellington and one vote for Ben Johnson of Delta. Let's see who Gino is going to vote for. Uh, he says this, Kent Denver used to be a perennial league champ and state contender back in the Scott Yates days in the 2010s, but they have had only one winning season since, since 2019 coming into this year. In only his second season as a head coach for Kent Denver, Riley Newcomer has led the Sun Devils from 3-6 last year to the number one defense and number one scoring offense and a 9-0 regular season record this year. He has shown that he knows how to utilize his playmakers to the max of their ability, so Riley Newcomer gets my vote for Coach of the Year. So there you have it, tied three ways between Kent Denver's head coach, Riley Newcomer, Ben Johnson of Delta, and Travis Peoples of Wellington. Let's see what Cody's going to say here. He is going to go with Travis Peoples. He said from Basement Dweller and second to last in the league to league champs in an undefeated regular season. The Eagles made one of the best turnarounds of any classifications, all while being a second-year program and missing important players for spots throughout the season. Wellington has quickly established themselves as a must-watch program uh, heading forward as they are primed to challenge themselves more and more while making headway with phenomenal playmakers and prospects. So there you go there. That is two votes for Travis Peoples. I'm going to go ahead and announce my vote here. I am going to go with Riley Newcomer from Kent Denver. Look, number one defense and number one scoring offense is absolutely insane. Plus, for them to go undefeated in that league with TCA, Elizabeth, even Englewood as well. Not, I didn't mean it in a disrespectful way, but Englewood as well, you know, who's a good team. That's tough, right? That's definitely tough. And so I got to give a lot of credit to Riley Newcomer here. He has a young program, and a lot of these players uh, are going to be back next year along with him, I assume. And so I'm excited for their future. And so I got to go ahead and vote for Riley Newcomer, who is turning a page for Ken Denver and reestablishing them as a powerhouse. So there you have it right there. Two votes for Riley Newcomer. Two votes for Travis Peoples and one for Ben Johnson. Let's go ahead and go to the Twitter vote here, which will decide who is your 2023 2A Coach of the Year. And the people have decided that it is the Wellington head football coach, Travis Peoples, who will be your 2A Playmakers Corner Coach of the Year. And so congratulations to Coach Travis Peoples. He's done a great job with this program, and a lot is expected of him and his squad moving forward. Once again, thank you so much for everyone who voted on our polls on Twitter slash X. And shout out to Anthony Garcia of Mile High Prep Report. He has done an excellent job covering small town sports and does it year round covering a, a variety of sports. Pretty much all of them, I'm pretty sure. So there you go there. Make sure you check out his website. Uh, he will also be at the 1A and 2A state championships as, as well as us. So, you know, feel free to say hi to us there. And, you know, just thank you to all our supporters who have supported us all season long. Looking forward to cover the rest of the playoffs here, and it should be a good deal. Now, before I sign off, do want to mention our all playmaker teams. Those should be on all of our social media, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, I'm not going to explain the reasons why we picked them, but the way we picked them was that myself, Cody, Gideon, and Gino, we all got on a call, and we talked about all the players that we felt like deserved to be in those spots. Uh, it's kind of like an all-state team, but, you know, we decided, and we pretty much have to agree on each and every single player before we move on, or at least the majority has to. So 
there you go there. It was pretty hard. A lot of close decisions there, but we feel good about that all PMC team. So you make sure you check that out. Check out our all playmakers team there uh, for the 2A level and the 1A level in case you haven't. But until then, you'll hear from me next week.